0: Let's turn to Acts chapter 8. That's where we're going to be this morning. Acts chapter 8. Um, just a quick preference uh, as we're talking about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, we are we, uh, going to jump around through different verses for sure this morning and I think that you will be encouraged by this. Uh, it's gonna feel a little bit more like a teaching, and I, as you know me, I'm not really a teacher. I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm a cheerleader. I want to encourage you, pat you on the back. It was, a, I texted, I texted somebody this morning, "Happy birthday!" It wasn't even their birthday. So that's that's how much I want to encourage you this morning, and and so praise God. So I'm glad you're here. Um, before we get started in Acts chapter eight and really dive into the Word, it is summer. So I'm going to give you the summer announcements this morning, and so my wife was going to do that, but our daughter has a fever this morning, so she wasn't able to come. Uh, all the mamas know what that's like, right, when their kids are sick and it keeps them back from doing other things. So thankfully, she's, she's a great nurse, and she's, she's going to nurse our, our, our child back into health, and it's going to be awesome. So your summer announcements, everybody say, Monday night at 7 o'clock, we... Yeah, come on. Let's just do this—a whole sermon, equip classes. Okay, there we go. Equip classes are tomorrow night, seven o'clock, and we want to encourage you. We have two equip classes. The first one is Financial Peace University, and and we we want to encourage you. Maybe if. Maybe if finances have been a little challenging for you, maybe that that personal budget is hard to stick with, or you don't even have one. I want to encourage you to do Financial Peace University. It is hundred dollars, and so a lot of you are like, "I'm not going to pay hundred dollars for that." But I guarantee you, and the and the and the the extension of this class throughout this class that 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 you will make your money back you will make your money back just by getting a budget and buying less starbucks or whatever you spend your money on so i encourage you to do that Uh, please go to luminous.org to the events tab where you can register for that the second class is faith character and the constitution and um, this class is free because you wouldn't come otherwise and so so this class is free and we're just going to talk about some of the um, christian judeo principles that are found within our constitution um, in, in the nature of the political climate, I think it would be good just to understand maybe some of that. Uh, now, I will say this. Uh, well, there may be some varying opinions on that, but, um, but we're going to try to make it as, as um, biblical as possible, uh, if you will. And so it'll be a fun class. If you like history, you'll love that class. Now, I'm going to tell you this, that you need to register online for both these classes so that we can have child care for you. And if you show with children but you didn't register, then we're just going to take you out back. I'm just kidding. We'll just, be, we'll just be really frustrated because we don't have the ratios. And so please register for that tomorrow night. And then I want to also talk about our church-wide picnic this Saturday. This Saturday. Yes. Um, register for it online as well. It's $5 per person at Paradise Canyon. Anybody been to Paradise Canyon? Anybody? Awesome. Awesome. Four or five of us. So, so it's awesome. Can you test that? It's amazing. And uh, $5 will actually, that covers your entry and your drinks and the church is um, paying the difference. That wouldn't even normally get you into the park. And so, so we're paying the difference. We want everybody to come. We want your friends, your neighbors, you know, everybody. You're, I don't think you can bring your dogs and cats, actually. There's no pets allowed so it's unfortunate, but bring your kayaks and your swimsuits and lots of sunscreen. It's going to be awesome, so I want to encourage you to do that, and then lastly, this is a sermon of announcements this morning, and so this is how summer goes. If you look to your left and you look to your right, you, you may see not as many people as you normally see because it's summer, and in summer, everybody vacates. If you're wise, you're like, I'm out of here. Uh, it's so hot. I need to go somewhere north, and And so as a result, we're going on June 23rd, we're going to one service for six weeks at 10 a.m. Now, our second service, 11 a.m., is frowning upon that idea because you don't get to sleep in. Why are we going so early? I'm just not going to go to church. Well, if you opt out, then go ahead and catch us online uh, throughout the summer and then come back when we have our second service starting in the first week of July. But if you notice, we made room. My right over here, my left over here, we put some overflow chairs so that we could fit everybody in here for one service. Um, Some Sundays will be packed. Some Sundays will look like this because everybody's gone. But either way, we're believing that it's going to just be incredible as we're all in one place for one service, getting to say hi to each other. And then we're believing that we get to keep these chairs out because we're going to believe that God's going to fill up these chairs when we go back to two services starting in august so we're going to believe that god's going to increase and bring people to this place not because we care about numbers but because we care about people and we care about every person and every person has a story and that story matters to god and therefore it matters to us so if you would extend your hands to these wings if you would let's pray for the the people that god's going to bring in this place father we just thank you lord Jesus, for and the, the people in this city that you're bringing into Luminous Church, God. We thank you, Father God, for the lives that are going to be changed, the, the, the marriages that are going to be restored, those who, those who are in college find hope, God, depression breaking off of people, God, that, Lord Jesus, you would come and encounter people in a great way. So, Lord, we pray that you would fill these seats this fall, God, that you would add to our number because you love people, and we do too. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, let's give God a big hand for that. Let's fire it up. Come on. Well, last week we talked about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, and we were specifically talking about what it means to be sealed with the Spirit. So there's a little difference between the sealing of the Holy Spirit and the the infilling or the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit, and my hope is today is to explain the difference to us because maybe when we hear the word uh the words holy spirit or holy ghost or whatever you you hear you say hey can we just talk about jesus because holy spirit is strange right that's that's a strange concept but we believe that there's one god and there's there's three three in one we believe the father the the son jesus and the holy spirit we believe that the holy spirit is a person that the holy spirit is not an it's or is not a force? It's not, it's not Star Wars, right? There's not this, this power to knock over people um, per se. It, he is a person and he is to be interacted with because God loves relationship. He loves relationship. You see, the Father God, the Holy Spirit, and Son Jesus, they have relationship within themselves. And this triune God, there's this fulfillment of relationship. And then he made us. In his image, the Amago Day. He made you and I in his image, and he breathed life. Into us, and as he did, he put this desire for relationship inside of us. And how many of you are thankful for a desire for relationship? I'm thankful for that. Um, have you ever, have you ever been alone for a couple of months? You know, where you never saw anybody. Uh, eventually, what happens? You kind of go stir crazy. You ever seen uh, the movie Castaway, where you start making volleyballs and you start naming them Wilson? You know, and, and you start making these imaginary figures because we were created. We long for relationship because that's what God's done in us. And as a result, he wants us to interact and have relationship with him. He created us so that we can interact with him. In the beginning, Adam walked in the cool of the evening with God to interact with God. And God interacted with him. And it's amazing. And and this is what we see throughout the Bible is relationship. Relationship with God. How he, he wants a, a, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, uh, sons and daughters that he could call his own. He wants to interact with us, and and the Holy Spirit wants to interact with us. He wants relationship, and so so we don't say we don't say it, right? The Holy Spirit it it whatever that is. Well, sometimes we do because Spirit ends with it, so it just makes sense, you know. We're like that's why we say it. But Holy Spirit, he he wants relationship. He wants to interact with us and. And when, when you became a follower of Jesus, if you have done so in this place, and not all of us have, I understand that. But when you did, 2 Corinthians one twenty two says and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised to us. That the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week, when you became regenerated, born again, as the gospel would say, a new creation, a son, a daughter adopted, grafted into Abraham. All this language, all this vernacular of now your birthright and positioning when Jesus became Lord and Savior of your life, that happened. And he sent the Holy Spirit as a stamp, as a seal inside of you, says, you're mine. And that was powerful because it's an identity thing. You know, when you put your stamp on everything or, you know, you engrave your Social Security on your TV in case anybody steals it, right? You know, remember? Uh, Hood life, right? That's what we used to do. And um, no one does it anymore. They have alarm systems, and it's awesome. And so so, so he is a seal. He's a stamp. This is what he does. And then he also, God has made you in his image, but he's made you a vessel. We read about the scriptures, right? You're created to be a vessel. And you are a chosen vessel that he wants to fill up to overflowing or fill to the top. And as a container, uh, you and I love to fill our vessel with things, right? We love to fill our vessel maybe with, you know, a great marriage, maybe fill our vessel with some degrees, maybe fill our vessel with some vacations like Jamaica or whatever it may be. And so we like to fill our vessel with stuff and and how many know, like, like, when you fill your life with things, it only satisfies for so long. You find that to be true, right? It's like hunger. Have you ever been so starving where you could eat a horse or whatever that saying is? Or you could eat, a, like, a vegan taco or something? Like, like, you ever been that hungry where you could do something like that? And then you eat it like you're an animal, you know? You just scarf it down, the biggest bites ever, and... Then you're full and you're like, I never want to eat again. And then, of course, you know what happens the next day? You could eat a horse or a, or a vegan burger or whatever it may be, and, and you could eat again the same consumption because, because our stomach constantly wants and desires and wants to be full. Same with our spirit. Our spirit and our soul longs, longs to be filled, longs to be full. You're a vessel that was created. To be filled by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus' greatest sermon, Sermon on the Mount, says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That there is this desire to hunger and thirst for righteousness, which means this this relationship with God. That you would be in right standing with God and more of him. Blessed are those who want more of God. More of Jesus, blessed are they, because, because they're going to they're gonna long for it, and they're going to be filled, and they're going to be filled, and this is good news. So, so when I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, we, we see two things in the church, and there's a lot of teaching on this, and maybe you grew up in a teaching that maybe was a little different than this, and, and I want to just encourage you today, not get so cut out, caught up on some of the semantics, you know, filled with the Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit, some of those things that we just we we these nuances that we will we will get caught up on. Uh, God desires you to be full. That's that's my that's our takeaway today is God desires you for, to be full of Him and to constantly be full of Him. So so when Jesus walking with His disciples, He He promised a couple of things. He said, He said Lo, I will be with you always. You remember that? Uh, in Matthew 28, I'm going to be with you always. I-, I love that because that's a good promise. Uh, I don't like to be alone. And, and the God who created me, I want him to always be with me. I don't want to lose him. And therefore, in, in after his resurrection, he walked around for 40 days. And he started explaining stuff about the kingdom to his disciples. It was it was after this resurrection that he, he was with them. And in John 20, as we recount from, from, recall from, from John 20, the gospel, in verse 21, it says, Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. You may remember this in John 20. Receive the Holy Spirit. As he was with them, because he was about to ascend to the father and he didn't want to leave them alone. You see, if they didn't receive the Holy Spirit, then then 40 days after he resurrected and before he showed up again in Acts by the Holy Spirit, there would have been a 10 day gap. See, he showed up on the day of Pentecost. He left at day 40. So there would have been this 10 day gap without Jesus. And how many of you know that that would negate his promise. Therefore, he wants to fulfill his promise, so he breathed upon them the Holy Spirit, and most scholars, and I, I believe this and adhere to this, And is that when he breathed on them, there was a moment of salvation where the Holy Spirit sealed them. It's this moment where they, they received salvation, and then they went ahead, and they went to, to wait For the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit would come and fill them with power. And in Acts 2.36, we read what kind of power they were filled with. We we, we read about the Holy Spirit came and filled them with power. And and then you see Peter. Uh, Y'all remember Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times and then the rooster crowed? Right, and he didn't just deny him right to to some guards or 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 or, or anybody in authority. He actually denied Jesus to somebody younger. Wasn't he a peer? Wasn't he older, somebody younger, a, a girl, um a, at the age of middle school, and and she goes, Hey, aren't you with Jesus? And what does he say? He's he like, No, no, I'm not with Jesus, because he didn't want to die. He didn't want to hang on the cross. It was a little cowardice. And I just had to be honest, I probably would have done the same thing. Probably would have done the same thing. And then you fast forward two months, month and a half, and the Holy Spirit comes, and power comes on Peter, and he's proclaiming Jesus, not just to a young girl, but he's proclaiming Jesus to 3,000 men. Well what what changes in somebody to to be cowardice and then proclaim to three thousand men? Well what happens? We read about the Holy Spirit coming and filling this this man with power. Therefore, let all Israel in verse 36 be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord as Master, and Messiah, Savior. And when people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, P- Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent, turn away from your sins, be baptized, meaning come, come public with your faith in Jesus, that you responded to Jesus, and, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized, that you would be in this moment of being sealed with the Holy Spirit, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call, that the Holy Spirit will be a gift to you to fill you up so that you could walk in power. Power. So you walk in power, power so I can make more money, power so I can be famous. Well, What kind of power? Power to be his witnesses. Power to be a witness, to proclaim Jesus to the ends of the earth. See in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth that this is a moment when you're going to receive power so that you can share the gospel in your workplace. So you you can share Jesus in your neighborhood. You see, I'm an extrovert. Y'all know this about me. You know, I'm I'm this way down there as, you know, we're saying, just talk out loud, uh, say things without, you know, thinking and all that stuff, right? So I'm extrovert. I like to do that. And I'm going to tell you, that, that that no matter what your personality is, there's going to be moments when you're going to be challenged to not share the gospel. There's going to be moments when you're going to be too afraid to share Jesus with your family members, with your neighbors, with your friends, with your co-workers, even with your own children. You're going to have a hard time sharing the gospel with, and it doesn't matter your personality because Jesus knew that it was only by power that you could really proclaim the gospel that would penetrate past deaf ears and blind eyes. It would only be by the power of the Holy Spirit that would allow you to preach this way. And it wasn't just for the apostles, as as some recall. You see, we see Philip was this guy on the 19th. He would hold the door for people. He, he would tend to tables. He, he, would, he would greet. He would work in kids. He, he would make sure that the, the order of the house was okay, that everything was all right. But, but we see that Philip was full of wisdom and full of the Spirit. He's full of wisdom and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he was an ordinary guy who went and had power. He was an ordinary guy who went and proclaimed the gospel to a different people group. In Acts 8, 5, let's read this story. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And some of you read that as like, are you kidding me? With shrieks. Demons came out of people. People were healed. This guy on the Ignite team was laying his hands on people, and people were healed. And there was demonstrations of the Spirit. Why? So that the gospel could be proclaimed. So that that the good news of Jesus would be open to people and come and to live inside of them. This is why that there's demonstrations of the spirit so the gospel could go to the ends of the earth. This is what we see. And there was great joy because of it. Great joy. Now for some time, a man named Simon, verse 9, had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He was the man on America's Got Talent who can make a coin up disappear on the camera. Like, how did he do that? I know it's CGI. I mean, it has to be CGI. They're doing something. Like, there's no way that can happen. And, and he was going around doing all this sorcery, all, all these illusions, and he boasted that he was someone great, because when you can fool a bunch of people, all of a sudden you feel better about yourself. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God, giving him that much credit. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. When they believed Philip and they saw the demonstrations of the spirit and they heard the gospel about how how you are jacked up and you got all these you missed the mark and and you 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 keep falling short and yet God has paid the price for all your sins and he has wiped you clean as far as east is from the west and he wants you just as you are. He wants you to be his son, his daughter. He wants to interact with you and have relationship with you so much so that he sent his son, Jesus, to die in your place so you didn't have to die but have life. That is good news. All of a sudden, you're like, man, that is amazing. I want to serve a God like that. I want to love him. I'm responding to the gospel. It's better than seeing a coin disappear. This is about my life, my life being changed. It's not about how I feel, but my life having hope and purpose and meaning. Simon himself believed and was baptized. Simon himself, this one who was fooling everybody, this one who was a fake. See, I think oftentimes sometimes we feel like a fake. When we do things in our own power, trying to hold it all together. Maybe we grew up in a certain religion where we just felt like we're just, we're just fake. It was about the letter of law and how I appeared and what I said and what I did. It was about the appearance, but, but it was all fake. And then Simon said, no, this is real. It's authentic because the Holy Spirit by power has revealed this to me. And it's real and it's authentic and it's going to change me where I'll no longer be a fake, but I will be a son. I will be real. So he believed and was baptized. He was sealed with the Spirit, and he was water baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. They, hey, we need some oversight. We need some leaders to come in there and, and, and speak life over this, this group of people who have just responded to the gospel. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. We see in this moment that they they believed in Jesus, and, and some of us have responded to Jesus in this place, and the Holy Spirit has put his seal inside of us, a stamp. We're new. And then in this moment, we see that on, by the laying on of hands, they received the Holy Spirit in, in a new form, in power. They were filled with the Spirit in this moment. And we read this throughout Scripture of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4, we read about how the disciples were already filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet the Holy Spirit came upon them to fill them again. And all of a sudden, they had a new boldness. A new boldness. You see, in Ephesians 5, it says, do not be drunk on wine. Uh, do not be drunk on wine, which influences you, right? If you're drunk on wine, all of a sudden, you, there's an influence on you that's very hard to control. Although you think you're in control, but it's very hard to control. Everybody else is looking at you like, man, you are not in control. Walk that line, huh, Donald? And, and so it's like, it's like everybody knows that. Uh, but it says, instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. And be controlled by the Spirit. Let the Spirit come up inside of you and give you boldness and give you gifts so that you can be of power to be a witness. A power to love your spouse when you don't think you can love them. Power to love your kids when you don't think you can love them because they're not obeying that well right now. Power when you don't think you can get that job and, and but the Lord has called you to go and get that job. Power. To, to love people, power to be his witness. This is what he says, and this is what he wants of us. When we read about the Holy Spirit, we read about maybe three different actions that the Holy Spirit will bring upon us. One, the Holy Spirit's with us. You may remember that, like he's the comforter. So he's with you. He comforts you when you're mourning. He's an advocate for you. He's going to come around you. We read about that in scripture. Then we read about how the Holy Spirit is in you, that when, you, when you, there's a moment of conversion, that he comes inside of you to seal you. And then we read that he's upon you. With, with the, uh, Acts one eight is, is the whole idea that you will be filled with power with the Holy Spirit to be my witness. That he will come upon you. And, and this is another moment. So we read about these three different actions. And, and the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and fill you. As Ephesians would say, come upon you and fill you continually. Continually. Have you ever felt maybe dry, maybe felt a little distant from God? you You know theologically you you can't be distant from God, right? Like like God is everywhere. you You can't hide from God as Adam tried to hide and Eve tried to hide because of their shame. there's no there's no hiding from God. He knows where you are. But there's this moment where you just feel disconnected. We feel maybe aloof. But we feel like maybe he's far away and and the Holy Spirit has come to fill you up so that his presence would constantly permeate you so that so that you could uh, realize that he's given you this power to love when you, when you didn't feel like you could love. He, he wants to fill you up because he loves to give you good gifts. Our Father God loves to give you good gifts. One of his gifts is given the Holy Spirit because, because the Holy Spirit, he's amazing and, and he gives you this joy and this love and this grace and he gives you all these fruits and it's all this evidence of him. So how are we empowered by the Holy Spirit? How? First off, you have to believe it. You have to believe it. You have to believe that you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It, 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 the, the more cerebral we get as a society right the, the, the more that, that, the more knowledge and information we have we, we start it, it takes us a, a lot longer and maybe to have that, that faith or that leap, right? And we read about because, you know, blind faith, you know, that's that's people, that's weird. But I'm going to tell you the greatest scientists in the world, all of them, um, in, in their studies with a question mark, with a question mark, where, where there's a gap between um, their question and God. Every, the greatest scientists. Uh, it doesn't matter necessarily what their conclusions are and, and whether there's a little creation or... Uh, evolution or whatever, however this can be, there's a question mark that comes at the end of the day. And that question mark between their question and God, there has to be this moment of faith. This moment of faith where I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe him and I'm going to trust him and I'm going to move in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because you can't get to God. You can't get to God without that faith that he's put inside of you. It's impossible to please God. You will live for yourself. It, because you'll live for your own power and your own identity. So you have to believe it. You have to believe that he is who he says he is. You have to believe this. 1 Corinthians 2.14, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised, That that there's this moment in our natural inclination and all these self-help books will not... Be in our uh, will not get us to God, will no, will not bring about power to be our witnesses. It doesn't matter. None of it will. And so, so this is the moment that we realize: like you have to have a faith leap. You have to believe it if you're going to be empowered. You're going to be filled by the Holy Spirit. You have to believe it. Ephesians five eighteen. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must be filled. The word "filled" there just means filled to the top. I'm going to. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to be filled. And when I feel like I'm, and when I feel, like, play on words there. When I feel like I'm not being filled, I need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me up again and give me more because because He gives to all those who ask. Because not only do you believe it, you have to ask for it. You have to ask for it, and it's it's fascinating because God will very rarely force His will upon you. Oh, uh, we. Very rarely. Sometimes he will. You know, we love to say that God's a gentleman, right? God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his will upon you. He's going to court you, if you will. And he's going to he's going to open the door and he's going to do all this stuff. But sometimes God's just gonna show up in power in your life, and, and there's nothing you can do about it, and he's just gonna show up and he's gonna wreck your life and you go, Whoa, that was not a gentleman. And sometimes that will happen, but but most of the time it's this it's this interaction, it's this moment where we, we actually we actually have to ask and participate. There's this participation with God, and, and you know it in your life. You know the times where you've participated with God and when you chose not to participate and do your own thing. There's this moment where between his participation, that, that's where a healthy relationship happens, right? Where, where he wants you to partake and be a part of it. In fact, Jesus says that in Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus says you must ask. Not that you have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. It's free. He's free. You don't have to earn it. You just have to ask. You have to be open to it. And you have to, you have to, that's that level of faith in action. Faith in action that the participation. And then Hebrews 6 says, you don't need further instruction about baptisms. Hebrews 6, the writer of Hebrews talks about this moment of elementary doctrines, the things that when you first come to know Jesus, you should just know about. Like, like, like you don't need to know further about baptisms, not baptism. It's plural. Baptisms, the, the fact that there's a water baptism and the Holy Spirit wants to immerse you as well. The, the laying on of hands. We don't need to talk about laying on of hands, but because laying on hands is throughout the Bible. The, 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 we have the priest in the Old Testament laying on of hands of the sacrifice. We have Jesus laying on of hands. We we see laying on of hands throughout the Bible. We see uh, we see Paul lay on hands of Timothy, so there, there would be an impartation of a gift. And so so as we ask, sometimes there's a moment where you come to the altar after a Sunday morning, and it's always open on Sunday mornings. And you say, man, I, I, just need, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. And there will be a laying on of hands. And somebody will ask that the Holy Spirit will continually fill you up, which is good for us. The last thing we need to do is we need to receive. So you can ask, but you also have to receive. You have to receive it. And and, and God loves when you ask. He loves when you ask. I, I love when my kids actually ask for a gift versus me just surprising them with a the gift because Sometimes I surprise them with a gift that they don't like. Now, of course, the analogy breaks down. God knows what you like, so he's way better than me. But as we ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to be faithful to give the Holy Spirit. For all those who ask, and just like any present, you have to receive it. You have to receive it. You have to grab it. You have to say thank you. And you have to open it, Right? You have to open it and then play with it and use it, right? You ever had? Uh, you ever asked for something and never used it again? Like what a waste! You have to, you have to receive it. And so, so Luke eleven thirteen talks about asking it but receiving it. And so, God, he 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 wants he wants he wants everything for you. God wants everything for you. You're his son. You're his daughter. For those who have placed their faith in Jesus, they are sealed. They are sealed completely. You're sealed completely, and as a result, he wants to give you all of him. He wants to constantly fill you up. He doesn't want you to go without. He's just asking you to ask and keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so how do we receive this Holy Spirit? How do we receive it? You can receive it through his word through his word, by reading his word, by reading the Bible, by spending time with him, you can receive it through his word, but by interacting with him, he will fill you up and he will show himself to you, you can receive it through worship, and it's why you know, I, I try to make it, every time on the first song in worship right here, I try to make it in here because because I just, I want to I want to receive from the Lord, I want to receive from him, and I, I want him to fill me up, and that's why I'm in this place, that's why, that's why I try to get here on time, and he wants you to he wants you to receive it through prayer as you as you start praying in your prayer life and, and start having this interaction, the Holy Spirit will start filling you up. Filling you up. And we see this more and more. If you would mind standing with me today as we begin to close, uh, the Holy Spirit, he, he, He's present in your life. And the way that you know that He's present is by the fruit that you're bearing as. Brandy talked about on Mother's Day if you were here is by the fruit that you've been um, been uh, producing out of your life, and if you find like, man, my fruit is just kind of bad lately. You know, uh, you ever sm- smell fruit? Like you know, fresh fruit smells like an amazing fragrance, right? It's amazing. It's you know, I mean, they make oils and all sorts of stuff out of it, and it's like scents and everything, right? And and it's fruit, fruit, fresh smells amazing, but rotten fruit, bad fruit, doesn't. And and that's just a good measure. Where's the Holy Spirit? Is He is He fill me up? Is my life permeated with Him? Have I have I been being filled up with the Holy Spirit? Have I received Him? Have I been made full? Just look at your fruit. If you don't know what it's like, ask ask a friend, ask your spouse. They'll, they'll tell you. You need to put on some fruity deodorant. You need to start doing something because you're smelling really bad and. This is how you know. But the Holy Spirit is encouraged us to be filled up daily, be filled up constantly. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.5, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, not simply with words, not simply with a self-help book, or not simply with seven steps, but, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how he lived among you for your sake. The Holy Spirit has come in power. So if you wouldn't mind, if you'd be so comfortable to close your eyes, just so we can have a moment to respond. And as we respond today, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus, meaning that 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 you've surrendered your life to him. That you realize that you are sinful and you feel fake and you, you, you're you hopeless and, and you never made him the Lord and Savior of your life. But you want him to reign in your life and to have his life be a great exchange so that you are no longer marked with sin but you're marked with godliness you're marked with holiness you're marked as a son or daughter but you want to place your faith in jesus this morning i just want to give you an opportunity to respond if that's you would you just raise your hand i want jesus to be the lord and savior of my life amen for all uh, all of us and here, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit just to give us a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Just a fresh feeling that He would fill our cup, that He would fill this vessel. We're sealed, but now filled. And as a result, I would just encourage you if you feel so comfortable, just like you would receive a gift from your mother or your father, just as you receive a gift, maybe put your hands at your side or your hands high. However, you receive a gift, posture yourself in that moment. And, and you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you as I pray for you because I can't ask for you. You have to ask for yourself and receive. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you want to fill, that you're filling us right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for a fresh filling of you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are part of the Godhead. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you right now. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and power. That you would come in power to, so that we can be witnesses. That you would come in power so that we would love when we feel like we can't love. Power so that we can proclaim the good news of Jesus. Power, Jesus. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for a fresh feeling of power. A newness of power. That you would fill every cup with overflowing right now, Jesus. Would you just continue to just, just give us access. Continue to give us access, Holy Spirit, right now. Fill our vessel in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.